I just want to talk for a little bit. I'm sure we all have food to get, toilet paper to hoard. And time out. Is that not the dumbest thing? Like, I just, like, for the life of me, I can't figure it out. Anyway, okay. Uh, let's pray <laughs> real quick. Father, we thank you for these people that have gathered here today. We thank you for the people that are watching online. We ask that your words be sound for this time that we are in. We ask that you give us your grace, your guidance, your wisdom, and most of all, your favor. We ask all these things in your son Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last time when I was preaching, I felt way too serious, and that ain't me. I like having fun. So we're going to have a little bit of fun today, and I'm telling you now, it's okay to laugh, okay? Okay to laugh. Uh, can you see it on the screen? So that's my sermon title for the day. Um, real interesting story how I came up with that. Anyone ever seen that movie, The Ring? That's where I got it from. Nothing else matters about that thing but just that shot right there. What's ironic about that shot is it gives you a feeling of being trapped in a well. And being trapped in a well is terrifying for me. One, because there's nothing but water around you and bricks. And two, you can see where you can't go. You can see up to the daylight. You can see all that stuff, but you can't quite get there. So it emotes fears and traumas for me. Now, I'm so glad there's not a lot of people in here today because I'm going to tell you some things. And I don't want it to kind of spread out a little bit. So don't judge me, okay? Don't judge me. I don't like clowns. I do, I do not like clowns. I, there's something about clowns with me that I just don't like. I'm not scared of them, but I don't like them. I don't like the feet. I don't like the nose. I don't, okay, I'm kind of scared of them. But for, for good reason, when I was four, we had the Prairie Port Parade here in town. And there were four clowns in the parade, and there were two police clowns and two clowns in jailer outfits. And they were just running around, having fun, and I was, it was a blast. I loved it. One of the jailer clowns decided it would be funny to pick up a four-year-old Antoine and run down Central as I was being a hostage to make the play skit look kind of nice, I freaked out. I screamed so loud that you would have thought someone was killing me. It was terrible. And the clown, <laughs> when he saw me freaking out, ran right back to my mom. It gave me back to her and was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And I flipped. I lost it. I only went about from here to the seats, really. But in my mind, I was in another state, kidnapped. And that trauma has stayed with me all this time. Now, in my mind, I know it was part of the skit and everything was good. And 33-year-old Antoine knows it was just kind of an act. But Four-year-old Antoine was scared for his life. 
how many times do we meet people who no matter what their age is now, the trauma and the pain and the hurt that they experienced as a child speaks for them now. One of the jobs of the church is to invest in people, invest in what they do. But you can't invest with people without going back and finding out a little bit of why people are the way they are. So today, we get to experience one of the best ways evangelism works. And we think evangelism works with a bunch of people around, but truly, it works one-on-one. And that impacts everything. So, in our text today, it's John 4. Very familiar. Jesus has just come off a long trip with his disciples. And he says to them, I have need to go by Samaria. So they go to a town called Sychar. And Jesus sends the disciples away. He says, I'm hungry. Look, man, we've been traveling forever. I'm hungry. Go give me some food. And they go, and he sits on a well and is waiting for, we don't know. And the Bible tells us it's about the sixth hour of the day. Now, understand, this is in a region where it's really, really hot. There's no shade, and Jesus just happens to be sitting on a well. And a woman from Sychar shows up to draw water from the well. Now, the fact that she comes at noon is very odd. Because you would think in a region where it's hot, you would draw water in the morning where it's a little bit cooler. But she shows up at noon because of some situations with her. A little bit of stuff in her past. She didn't want people talking about her, so she shows up at noon thinking no one, would, no one would be there. And it just so happens she runs into someone that would change her life. So Jesus says to her, give me something to drink. Now, the Bible doesn't let us know this, but I imagine in my mind, because I have a good imagination, she had to be a very attractive woman for a couple of reasons. Five to be exact, if you know the story. Uh, she was very attractive. And she must have been thinking, here comes another guy trying to hit on me, trying to get something from me. Because she actually says to him, why are you talking to me? You know Jews and Sumerians don't talk. So what is it that you really, really want? And Jesus says to her, You knew the gift of God and who was asking you for a drink. You would ask him for living water. Now, this is a very important part of the story. The woman sees the well, and she sees sees Jesus, but she misses the well. She sees the physical well, but she misses the spiritual well right there in front of her. And that happens all the time now. People see the church. They see the building, but they don't see 
church. We see people in leadership doing things, but we don't understand how much time that takes for them. Listen, planning all of this while everything was going crazy last week was a lot, and that was stressful. And people don't see that. They don't understand how much energy and how much time it takes to come up with these things and to run a church. But we see the physical building, we see the physical chairs, but we miss the spiritual implications of it. And it's the living water that's in the spiritual well that feeds us. They say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. We come to church all the time, but sometimes we miss what's right in front of us. We miss it. How many times do we worship and the songs will be amazing? And you'll, you'll, you'll feel an energy in the room when you look around and nothing's happening. We're missing the well. And that's, that's really not their fault. Because she says to Jesus, the well is deep, and you have nothing to draw with. See, in her mind, she thinks Jesus has nothing to draw with. But here's the thing. People we meet with those traumas, the well is deep. The water's there, but getting to it's hard. We all know people who grew up in church and for whatever reason just don't go anymore. The well's deep. The living water's there, but for some reason they can't find someone to reach it for them. But that's why we have to keep inviting. We have to keep asking. We have to keep talking to those people and getting them here because this is the place where they can get the living water but they have to be willing to admit, yes, the well is deep, but someone can reach it. Now, <laughs> what's funny to me, nothing brings out thirst like need. They say you don't miss your water till your well runs dry. What's funny about this is there are people in my life that I argued with about my faith, that I argued with about whether God is real on social media. And for some strange reason, over the last week, I see him quoting scripture as if something just big happened. It's ironic, isn't it? A virus makes everybody turn their focus to God. Something that we can't physically see Makes all the attention go back. But here's my question. Where were y'all the whole time? All of these things that are happening, it's kind of said it was going to happen. Where's our focus? What are we thinking about? But again, for some people, that well is deep in them, and they can't for whatever reason, get to that living water. Because if you actually got to that living water, it would change everything. 
Jesus tells her that if you drink of the waters that you have, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the waters that I will give you, you'll never thirst again. That living water will flow and impact every other person around you if you can actually connect to it and actually get through and to that living water. Now, I have, <laughs> I have about 10 things running in my head right now, and I just want to kind of simple it down. Have you actually had the living water? Because that's a question that only you can answer. There's something about it when you've been in contact with the living water that changes you. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way you walk. It changes how you feel about certain things. And it calms you when hysteria is going on around you. It calms you down because you don't freak out like everyone else freaks out because you know where the source is. You know how to get to that water that provides life. And you understand that things that happen in the moment don't last for a long time. We may be freaking out right now, but we're going to get through this. Church may be inconvenient right now, but we're going to get through this. Everything will be fine. And we will look back on this at some point and say, that was, that was odd. Looked like it just kind of came and went. But in that instance with the living water, we get a chance to do something that is really, really fun. We get to be innovative. The church, who is the voice, gets to find new ways of reaching people. We actually get to take church outside of the four walls and do what the Great Commission says anyway. Go out into all the world preaching and proclaiming the gospel. We get to find new ways of doing that. I don't want you to freak out over this stuff. It'll be fine. When we panic, we tap back into those traumas, and we go on our little shell. That's why I said at the beginning, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to have fun. Joy is something that when you have it, it can't be taken away. You can't take your joy away. Happiness means something has to happen for you to be happy. But joy is something that God provides and something that cannot be taken away. So, in our story, when all of this happened, and she asked for the living water from Jesus. She runs into town 
after talking to him and tells everybody, come see a man who has told me everything that I've ever done. Is this not Christ? And the whole town went wild about Jesus. Jesus got a whole city from talking to one woman. In this time of panic, I should say, we're going to have to be more one-on-one. Social gatherings like this are becoming less and less common, so we have to go back to one-on-one situations. But I wanted you to see that just because we're like that doesn't mean it won't impact a whole city. Jesus got one woman, and from there got the whole city. Imagine what we could do with the people we get to talk to. And when everything comes back, the church could be full. The church could be overflowing with people searching for that living water. But we have got to take chances with this and become innovative. And know Trouble doesn't last always, and everything will be fine. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your living water. We thank you for the courage you had to step out and the courage you give us to impart to other people. We thank you for just being you. We thank you that... All these things we're worried about, you have in control. Father, your love is kind and your grace is unending. And we just ask that you use this time to reignite into the church that fire that we have burning to reach people for you and give them cause to Seek you and seek your living water. Father, we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.